0: This is Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Episode 012, Rollover Beethoven. (laughs) ¶¶ that song all about
1: Rollover Beethoven was composed and originally performed by Chuck Berry in 1956. It reached number two on the R&B charts and number 29 on the pop charts. And though it only performed moderately on the mainstream charts, it became one of the most important rock and roll songs ever. Besides Electric Light Orchestra, one of the most popular versions of the song was by the Beatles. 1963. The Electric Light Orchestra version borrows a bit from Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, as well as improvising heavily on the original Chuck Berry version.
0: Once the music tracks were done, it was time to sing the song, but Jeff Lynne didn't know the words. Nobody in the room knew the words. Nobody in the building knew the words. And Jeff's brand new time transporter was on the blink, so he couldn't travel 30 years into the future to go look up the words on the internet. So, as Jeff Lynn explained in the year 2000, I sing all the wrong lyrics, but there's a story behind that. I realized that I didn't know what the words were. So we called up Bev's record shop, Heavy Head Records in Birmingham, and his assistant was there and he read me the words over the phone. He was getting it off the record, playing a bit at a time and telling them to me. It took about an hour to get the words, and they were wrong anyway.
1: Chuck Berry originally wrote this song not to celebrate rock and roll so much as rhythm and blues and his desire to be able to practice on the piano when his sister preferred to practice her classical music. The rolling over refers to classical composers most likely rolling over in their grave if they were to hear the new versions of
0: pop music.
1: This is a blues riff and B. Watch me for the changes and try to keep
0: up, okay? I'm Eric Paul Johnson.
1: And I'm Eric Winsenson.
0: And I like this song. Again, I liked it when I first heard it. The album version was on the cassette of Ole E-L-O. And then I really liked it. And then the classic rock radio format came in. And they played this song a lot. And I got so tired of hearing it. And apparently that tiredness stuck for so long, that when I converted all my CDs to MP3s in 20.05, I apparently did not convert rollover Beethoven" because I didn't have it. I had to yoink it from YouTube. So this is probably the first time I've heard it since I don't know in 15 years or so, and uh, I, I like it again. It's obviously it's a fun song. It's meant to be a fun song. It's got uh, rock and roll violin and Richard Tandy's pianoing is very Jerry Lee Lewisy.
1: I agree that's probably one other element they threw in there was uh Jerry Lee Lewis because Jerry Lee Lewis did a cover of it back in the sixties as well. yeah, I've always liked it originally, I liked the edited version a lot better because it seemed like it was repetitive originally when i heard the when I first heard the long version because when I first heard it, I heard it on a forty five so I heard the US 45 edit and kind of got used to that. And I'm more used to the full version now. And yeah, I I really like it as well. It's one of my favorite cover songs, but you're right about classic rock radio. They played this thing to death, which is surprising because it was never even a top 40 hit.
0: It was close, in America anyway. Got to number 42. Right. Yeah, I heard the album version first, and I knew that for years. I think it was three years after hearing the album version before I heard the single version. And it is such a horrible hatchet job. I have never, ever, in the 49 years that I've been alive, heard a worse single edit. With a good single edit, you don't hear the cuts. Even if you know the album version, when you hear the single version, you don't notice that something's been lopped off. The rhythm of the song just keeps going without being interrupted, without noticing that there's been something lopped out of there. It just, it's seamless, and it goes from start to finish without anything jarring. This one is awful. This one is jarring in so many places. It's like whoever was doing single edits for the record company at the time, he was 10 minutes from going home, and the boss dumped this on him. Here, take this 8-minute song, cut it down to 4 or 3 minutes, and then you can go home. So the guy just goes, cut, 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 tape, 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 okay, I'm all done. It's time to go out and get liquored up. It cuts out in the middle of some notes, cuts back in in the middle of other notes, and the the flow of the song is just interrupted over and over and over again, and it's, I, I just can't listen to it. Just every time I hear a, a bad edit on that single version, I just always wince and just, ah no. That's not right. Yeah.
1: Well, we approached it from different, from different ends, it seems. Yeah. But no, I appreciate the longer version a lot more, especially uh, all the synthesizer riffs in there and everything at this particular point. I've heard worse single edits. is <laughs> uh, Roundabout.
0: Uh, yeah, I forgot they about that. They edited
1: one. an eight-minute song down to about
0: three and a half. I think I've only heard the single edit of Roundabout a couple of times, so that's why I completely forgot about that one.
1: Right. Most people have, because... For good reason. That actually got to be a top 40 hit, but I think everybody listened to it over on FM at the time, where they would actually play the real version, but... Yeah. Same with this. Now, the thing is, what I have to say about Rollover Beethoven is this potentially could have been their signature song. It was their second single. It was a top 40 hit, Was a top 10 hit in England but it didn't do very well over here. Now that I'm kind of glad it didn't because this is one of those dangerous songs that could define your entire career. Yeah. If this had become more popular here, then by 1977 all yellow would have been doing is playing state fairs when they came over <laughs> while everybody waited for them to go into roll over Beethoven so they could go back to eating their cotton candy and corn dogs and everything and go puke on the ride
0: yeah and go at the guernsey exhibits and see the prize-winning cows and all that there is a take one version which if i read right was going to be the released version which i i would not oh god no like that at all because they goof on the opening i mean they they do goofy stuff over it mm that's it's I, I didn't I didn't like it first of all I thought it was kind of dumb and I think with the released version, it shows respect to both Beethoven and Chuck Berry by having that Beethoven just straight Beethoven without any giggling over it and the same goes for the Chuck Berry part. Yes, it's a fun song and should have some humor in it and it does have humor in it. The joke, the gag, of going from this classical piece that everybody knows and then slamming headfirst into a solid wall of rock and roll? There's your joke right there. You don't need to be ha 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 haing over Beethoven with fart noises.
1: I completely agree with you. I just listened to that take one version and I'm sitting there going, okay, um, uh, time to grow up, guys. <laughs> yeah. Time to grow up. You're, 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 I mean, do you know how much studio time costs? I, yeah, I know. <laughs> Unless you've got your own studio, why in the world are you doing something like that? I
0: mean... <laughs> I, 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 you know, I don't know. I did, I don't know if the piano solo is different or just mixed different in the Take One version, but I did like that one better than the one that's always been released. I don't know if it's just clearer or mixed better, but I like the Jerry Lee Lewis piano type solo on Take One version better. Or maybe it's just because I've heard the other version so many times that it was nice to hear it in a different sort of way.
1: Well, the one thing I did notice in the Take One version, which you don't hear as much, even though it is in there, is the bass playing Beethoven's Fifth uh, along with the uh, orchestra.
0: Yeah. And something I've always wondered about, but I didn't come across it in looking up into the song, is Symphony Number no. 5, played by the ELO Orchestra of two cellos and a violin, overdub and mixed right... Or did they bring in an orchestra? I mean, Paul McCartney was down the hall recording Live and Let Die at the time, and did he ask, hey, can you guys quickly bang this out? Or did they lift it from a record, like they did for the classical stuff from Mr. Radio? Because if this is the ELO orchestra why can't they sound this good on these first three albums instead of what they sound like, which is lots of cello and a little violin?
1: I don't think this was their orchestra. I think this was either somebody brought in somebody into the studio. I think more likely, even though I I haven't been able to find any information on it, more likely this is a sample, an uncredited sample off of an album, Mm -hmm. off of a classical music album, which I think they overdubbed on it. There's, There's too much there. Yeah, There's a lot more there than that they had on hand themselves to make that type of sound. It's possible if if they were at Abbey Road or something like that, it's possible they may have got an in-house orchestra to do something, but it sounds more like it was uh, sampled off of another album.
0: Yeah, well, a famous story about the song is that George Martin was in the building working with Paul McCartney doing Live and Let Die, and George Martin stopped in while ELO was working and said, Hey, guys, how's it going? And they said, Oh, it's going great. Would you like to hear our song? And they played it for him, and George Martin liked
1: it. Now, another thing I did notice on here is Jeff Lynne, for some reason, sounding a little bit like Bob Dylan. Nah,
0: <laughs> I could kind of see that, yeah.
1: He's <laughs> like a little bit of a Dylan imitation in some places on there. As Imagine Bob Dylan trying to rock out to roll over
0: Beethoven. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Well, I found this quote from Jeff Flynn. It's uh, from 1976, uh, an interview with Jim Ladd, and he says, Rollover Beethoven was a good thing for us, even though I dislike the record as well. I find it painful to listen to, mainly because of the vocals. The vocals are horrible, but you learn by mistakes. I hear that now, and I go, ooh, who's that? It's me! So, you know, I'm kind of with Jeff. It's it's that voice that I don't like that comes out of Jeff in the early records where he's trying to rock and he just sounds like a cranky old man screaming at kids to get off the lawn. True. And I think even...
1: It sounds like even he kind of notices that it's a novelty song. It's a very good novelty song. And it's there. It's a lot more popular now than it used to be, which is a really good thing for Electric Light Orchestra because yes. they did a lot better down the line. And it would have been real shame if this would have been all they were
0: ever remembered for yeah i mean it's a great version but do you want to go through your career being known as the guys who remade that chuck berry song got something to say about rollover beethoven then call the telephone line voicemail and leave a message 623-850-3375 was it a hit or was it Rollover Beethoven was released as a single on January 12, 1973 on Harvest Records in the United Kingdom. The first pressing featured Manhattan Rumble, 49th Street Massacre, as the B-side. The second pressing had Queen of the Hours as the flipside. In America, the song was released on United Artists on January 27th, 1973, backed with Queen of the Hours. The 8 minute 9 second song was hacked down to 4 minutes 32 seconds for the single, 3 minutes 42 seconds for the United States promo single. It was the second 45 released by ELO. The disc hit the British charts on January 27th and reached number 6. It hit number 53 in Australia, 22 in Germany, and 19 in the Netherlands. On April 28th, 1973, it hit the American charts and came so teasingly close to being the band's first top 40 hit in the United States, reaching number 42 on July 28th. Like Like it? Hate it? it. What does Madeline think? I loved it! Wow, she liked it! Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meats Amalgamated. Contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group. You can financially support the podcast by going to podomatic.com slash podcasts slash lntcs and click on the PayPal button. Next week, episode 013 From the Sun to the World, Boogie numbered one.